0: You. It's I'm so happy to see you this morning. Well, I can't see you, but I'm happy that you're here joining us. Uh, we're getting ready to worship. I want to encourage you to share the live feed, like this video. Um, if you are if this is your first time tuning in, I'd love for you to just tell us who you are so that we could get to know you. Um, I want to also encourage you, listen, if the broadcast is interrupted, it's okay. We'll come right back on. So if, our, if this video ends, you have to go back to the New Life Haverhill page and get on a new one, all right? We'll be right back. And then, as always, this will be recorded, and you can watch it with no breaks later on today. I also want to tell you, if you um, like our page, also make sure you follow it. You can go to New Life Haverhill on Facebook. There's an option to follow, and then you'll get all the updates, like when we post new things. Uh, when we have a live video, it'll just come up on your page, too. And so if you see any of our posts, our information posts or our scripture posts or anything like that, please like it. I can see that you're seeing it, but we want to know that you like it and you're with us, all right? All right. Anything else, Pastor? We thank you. Yes. We love you so much, Lord. We yes, love you, Lord. Lord. We thank you, Father, for your church, even though we're we're separated. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you meet us wherever we are. Lord, we thank you, Father, that you are good all the time. Yes, and we ask you, Father, to meet us now. Yes, Lord. Accept yes, our Lord. praise. Inhabit the praises of your people, Father. We are listening with our ears, with our hearts. We want to see you right now. We want to feel you right now. We want to hear from you. And more than that, Lord, we want to give you all the honor and the glory. If you never, ever, ever bless us again, Lord, your grace, your mercy are more than enough, Father. More than enough. So we thank you. We love you. And we come into your presence now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I would love for you to stand if you want or just let's intentionally worship the Lord together. Ready? Jesus, Holy Spirit come, meet us, we give it all to you Father, if we see the victory now in our time or not, we give it to you, if we understand or not, we give it to you, we thank you that your word is yes and amen, your word is what we can stand on, your promises are for us, trustworthy. So we just come into your presence. We give it all to you, all of our plans, all our desires, all our hopes, all our grief, Father, all our heartache, right here at your feet.
1: Yes, Lord.
0: Right here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So here it is, my
2: heart. I'm keeping nothing back from who you are. The hidden treasure veiled by key or lock. you lifetime worth of worship and it's only just a start. So here it is
0: you, Jesus. Yes, Thank you, Lord. Father, as we, as we give Hallelujah. it to you, as we bless your name, Father, yes, begin Jesus. to s- sing back over us, Lord. Yes, Lord. Over again, Father, remind us who you are. Remind us of your promises. Yes, if you said it, it will happen. Hallelujah. We're going to continue worshiping church. I want to encourage you, man, if there's something in your heart and your spirit that you've let, let die because you haven't seen anything, any fruit from it. Uh, I feel the Lord is speaking this morning to us, saying that he is, he's rebuilding our foundation of faith. He's restoring the, the soil. He's putting rich soil where, where it's been dry and, and poor for growth. He's, he's pouring rich Fertile soil where it's been so empty. So if you are holding on to something this morning from the Lord that it has been buried, has been left to get dry and lonely, the Lord wants to wants to remind you that He is restoring that. I believe He's restoring it right now. He's rebuilding the foundations of some of our families that have been in ruins. He's pouring fertile soil. You can't see it, you don't know what's happening, but it is It is wet with promise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for what we can't see. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
2: Walk in. and now they fall but you have never failed me yet still stands come on great in- solid rock we stand, no word spoken against me stands against the rock of Christ. No weapon formed against me will stand against the rock of Christ. We stand on your word.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.
2: to be
0: Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you so much, Father. We just want to be where you are, Lord. We trust you, Father. We trust you in the middle of a mess. Yes, Lord. I, you. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, for speaking. Holy Spirit, thank you for breathing over us.
1: Yes, Lord.
0: Continue. Continue. Intercede on our behalf. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Join me in prayer for just a moment, if you can, at home or wherever you might be today. Father, we pray to you. We come before you. We worship you. Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy today. But, Lord, our hearts are are focused on many in our own church and and, um, certain other churches that have loved ones that are afflicted with this coronavirus this covid19 father we pray for divine healing for those that are sick we pray for those that have been exposed to it not to get it we pray for your comforter your holy spirit to minister to those families and loved ones that have lost their loved ones uh, to this disease and father we pray for america we pray for the world we pray for lord we just pray for you to move in such a way that you would you would get glory out of this somehow That you would allow your will to be done through this and that when lord when it's all said and done we as your church will be much better for it so we look to you lord for our help and our guidance right now we turn to you and lord not only those problems but the other problems that we all deal with all the time anyway we lift up all these things before you today and just pray for your touch your healing touch body soul and spirit to be upon your people in a very special, special way. So, Lord, thank you for receiving our praises. We seek your blessing over the rest of the service this morning. Lord, let your perfect will be done in all these things. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Stacy. <laughs> Stacy, I missed you last Sunday. I, I missed you. I worshiped from home. Great. Yes, but it wasn't the same. Well, let, let me get situated here. I want to greet everyone at home. God bless you. Uh, so glad that you're, you're joined in this morning. Uh, spread the word by hitting your share button if you can, and uh, write down your comments. We'll check later. But um, I want to greet you all in the name of Jesus and remind you um, of, our, of our live stream schedule. Uh, every Sunday morning, ten forty-five. Every Sunday night at six. Uh, we are starting a new thing this coming week. Uh, on Tuesday and Thursday, we're going to be live streaming at twelve o'clock noon, from twelve to twelve thirty, just to have a little contact with you, uh, share a devotional and a scripture, and of course, uh, Wednesday night is our is our midweek Bible study. Wednesday night in the Word at seven. Uh, We also have some uh, Zoom meetings. We have Sisterhood and Brotherhood, Nexus uh, Zoom meetings are happening. Uh, Please contact the leaders of those ministries uh, for more information about that. Um, I think that's it for right now for announcements. I'm going to ask Pastor Bill to come up here. And uh, you have an announcement? Come on.
0: I just want to remind someone, I, I, I I, I can't leave without saying it. I feel... The Holy Spirit, even in worship, wants to remind someone that he is the God who brings dead things to life and calls things that are not what they are. So I want to encourage somebody or many to begin to pray in a different way, to begin to believe and speak the things that are not, that you do not see as if they were, because he brings the dead to life. Amen.
3: That's it. Amen to that. Uh, what a blessing. Thank you. Thank, what a blessing it is to be here to worship God. And, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, this is a different time, but it's still been a, been a blessing. You know, we had a uh, men's uh, Zoom meeting on Thursday which talked about joy, the joy of the Lord. You know, we had like 15 men on there at one time, and, uh, and we were talking about joy and what a joy it was. Thank you, Pastor Wayne. We also um, had a Nexus meeting on Friday night, and also the message was about joy. And for those who couldn't be there, I sent. Um, if you if you want the message, I did record it, so I did send it to a couple of people that couldn't be there, and they did watch it afterwards, and it was a blessing to them. And you know what? I think that's what the Lord wants for us. He wants us to have His joy. The joy of the Lord is a gift from Him. It's part of the Holy Spirit. When we get saved, we receive His joy. It's His joy that we receive. You know, and it um, and led me to the scripture um First Chronicles twenty nine when David was um, getting ready to, um, to make the tabernacle. He, and he said in verse 14, he says, But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everyone comes from you, and we have been given you only what comes from your hand. So what's been given to us is from his hand. But verse 17 really hit, me, hit home with me to, um, this morning. It said, I know my God that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. All these things I have given willingly and with honest intent. And now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. You know, what, what a joy, you know, just hearing David's heart there, that he, he was in such joy because of the givings that were coming from the people. He was, it brought so much joy to him. And I think, you know, that's what happens. You know what? It brings joy to me to see the giving that's been coming to the body of Christ still. I know it brings joy to pastor. It brings joy to the body of Christ to share that with you. So, you know, um, as usual, um, there's a um, couple of ways you can give. You can give online on the website, New Life, New Life AG, or you can, give on, um, you can give through mailing to the church at 966 Main Street. Or you can, if you want somebody to pick it up, or if you want to drop it off, just just set arrangements with Pastor or myself. But you know, as we pray today, let us realize what joy it is to see the body of Christ rise up in a time like this and 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 give, just give to his to his purpose, to his to what he wants. You know what? It brings honor to me to give. It's a privilege to me to give to the Lord. And I hope it is also for you. So let's pray. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that we can give to you. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the joy in my heart to give to you, Lord, and the joy to see others giving, Lord. What a blessing it is that we are still, you know, we're yours. We are yours, Lord. We thank you for that. And that's why we have this joy, because we are yours, you are on the inside of us. It's not what's on the outside. It's what's on the inside that matters, Lord. And I just pray today, Lord Jesus, that you will just place your... Let us, let us tap into that joy on the inside of us through your Holy Spirit right now, Lord. And just have a joy knowing, Lord Jesus, what we can give, that, that our offering is a blessing, that our offering is um, honorable to him, Lord. Let us pray, um, let's just raise that up to him right now. In Jesus' name, amen. LOOKING FORWARD TO SEEING YOU ALL SOON. GOD BLESS.
1: Uh, WONDERFUL TO SEE THE BODY OF CHRIST IS DEFINITELY NOT THE BUILDING. Uh, WE SEE THE COMMUNITY OF SAINTS GATHERING TOGETHER, AND uh, IT'S SUCH A BLESSING to, TO SEE THAT HAPPENING IN MANY DIFFERENT WAYS. I want to encourage you to uh, contact one another as as you're able to. Uh, Use your cell phone, use your texting, use your emails, whatever, your Facebook. Uh, Don't forget to check out our website, uh, newlifechristianag.com. All of the live streams, by the way, are recorded, and they're put on our YouTube page, which is New Life Haverhill. Uh, So feel free to spread the word that way, too. Well, I want to introduce our speaker this morning, uh, Paul Cortez... uh, uh, Paul Cortez came to uh, Haverhill to come to Bible College, but he left with two things. He left with a degree, and he also left with a wife. Amen? Uh, <laughs> so Paul, Paul and Dulce were married in 2018. Uh, incidentally, they were married at our former church, Harvest Time Assembly of God in Greenwich. And Pamela and I were happy to to be there for that occasion. Uh, Paul graduated last year, 2019. He's uh, awaiting his license to preach at this time. Uh, Paul and Dulce have been our kids pastors for the past three years, and I've been working with our youth group as well. And um, during this uh, this quarantine, they've been very busy uh, ministering to our children on live stream every night at seven. And uh, every every night, Monday through uh, Monday through Saturday and Sunday, and then Sunday afternoon at one o'clock, uh, having a special teaching for the children. Uh, so we're we're blessed to have our brother Paul uh, share the word today. Um, he's also a, a great sports enthusiast. Uh, he's got a sports blog on a on a website called uh, Designated Reports, and uh, you could check out his uh, information there as well. Um, I I want to say this, that that our brother is going to be preaching the Word of God today. And I'm I'm excited about that. I I look forward to hearing a a fresh voice, a different voice uh, for me and for all of us. I think that's important to do. But I'm reminded in Matthew 28 and in Mark 16, uh, when Jesus told the disciples to go into all the world and preach the Word, He was telling us all of us to go preach, every one of us has been commissioned by the Lord to preach the word of God, to share the things of God, to tell the story of Christ's great love for humanity when he came to earth and, and died for our sins. So Paul will be preaching the word of God today. But I wanna, what I want to say is not everyone is called to pastor. And there's a world of difference between preaching and pastoring. Most pastors do preach. But not all preachers pastor. But I've seen in Paul and in Dulce for these last several years, not only a a heart to preach and proclaim the Word of God, but almost on a higher calling than that, and not that that's not a high calling, it is, but a higher calling than that is a desire to pastor God's people. And so we're going to hear the preaching from a a brother that has a, a, a passion to help god's people and to shepherd god's people right now it's children and youth group but there's been a desire in paul and dulce's heart for a while now to pastor their own church one day and so that will probably happen uh, we're praying uh before the this year is over so they have announced to the church already uh that the at the end of may they will be leaving us to pursue that goal and um you know, there's a there's a right way to leave a church and a wrong way to leave a church. This is the absolute best way to leave a church: leave serving, leave sharing your gifts, leave on the right note, and blessing everyone in the process. I'm, I am certain that our relationship and our friendship will continue for many, many years to come after this thing happens. But for right now, I'm excited. Because our brother Paul Cortez will be coming to share the word. Brother Paul, come! I would, I would hug you, but I'm trying to be good. But I hug you virtually, air hug, Pastor <laughs> and I uh, share
4: Rick. the word. Okay, God bless you. Awesome! Uh, wow! Um, I can tell you this: we wouldn't be leaving Dulce and I unless we really felt the Holy Spirit leading us somewhere else. We love it here at New Life. We love the people here. We love our staff that we work with here. We love your kids. We miss them tremendously. We can't wait till this is over to be back with them in short order. But um, uh, we are not uh, giving up here because we don't think things are going well. We wouldn't leave. We literally we've talked about it. We wouldn't go anywhere unless we felt the Holy Spirit very clearly saying it's time to step into a new season, and that's what we've gone to school for, we feel like that's what we've been trained for, we're excited for that, we can't wait for whatever's next. (sighs) So if you can keep us in your prayers, that being said, guess what, we're not letting things go here with kids ministry or youth ministry, in fact, this very week, we do have, my wife texting me to make sure, we have... (laughs) A New Life Spirit Week for the kids going on. So Monday, it's Memoryverse Monday. We then have Twinning Tuesday, Wacky Hair Wednesday, Tie-Dye Thursday, and NLC Gear Friday. So take a picture, take a video, put it on Facebook, and tag New Life Haverhill, and send it, if you can, in a message, one or the other, to New Life Haverhill, so we can put it up. Parents... Grandma, Grandpa, will you tell the kids, whoever takes care of you, if it's Tom Brady, if it's John Cena, whoever it is, and, and take part of this with your kids. Have fun with it. Have a good time. We can still keep that sense of community, even though we might not be here physically. So that's, again, online if you want to find it. We start that tomorrow. My wife is very happy right now that I said that, and I am consequently happy, too, that I said that. So that's going on with Kids Church. We're going to have a blast, and honestly, we cannot wait. All right, today I'll be reading from Exodus thirty-three, eleven. You can turn in your Bibles or phones or tablets or stone tablets, whatever you've got today to look into God's word. Oh man, what an exciting time. Today's uh, sermon is titled, A Testimony of Fire and Ice. And uh, if you notice my shoulder here, it clicks a few times, once or twice a day, uh, I division one track and field at UConn and I played football and all these other fun things and if you've ever played some athletic sports uh, competitively or I don't know you're over 30 years old you have felt uh, things start to change (laughs) things start to get sore maybe you've woken up in the morning and you realized uh, did I get hit by a bus in the middle of the night or did I squat 500 pounds yesterday or did I just roll out of bed the wrong way (laughs) And let me tell you, there is just nothing like rolling on, I, this morning I did it on my right knee, I just rolled on some Icy Hot. It's just the perfect mix of like nice and cool and it just relaxes the pain that's going on and and the fire that's just very slow burning and it, it, it just tenderizes the muscles, right? <laughs> it's a great mix, even though they're totally opposite. You would never really put them together, except it works very well and maybe you're you're thinking tiger bomb or essential oils. It's all really the same thing, <sighs> but they serve a very, a very specific purpose. And today we're going to talk about a testimony of fire and ice here. We're going to read from the top. It said, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Would you just join me in prayer for a moment as we dive into God's word? Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you love us, that you gave us this revelation of the Bible so that we might know more about you and grow into who we are meant to be, men and women of your character for your glory and our good. We give you this day, Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit will be upon this and bring light that will change and grow to be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Here we have to start with the background of this verse, and it is actually right on the heels of the Exodus story. So the Israelites come out of Egypt, right? Okay, cool. We're done. Pharaoh, goodbye. We make it through the Red Sea. And God calls Moses up on top of the mountain. He is going to speak to him face to face. While he's up there, There's all sorts of stuff going on and the people are trembling and and Moses is receiving literally the Ten Commandments written by God. What an amazing experience. And yet at the same time, the people of Israel who have just seen the very miraculous things and wonders that God has done to humble the most powerful nation and the most powerful man in Pharaoh that lived up to this point. They have seen it with their own two eyes. And they do the only logical thing and say, Aaron, build us a golden calf. That doesn't make any sense. And yet they are very clear, here's all our gold that we just got for leaving Egypt. Let's build a golden calf. Let's worship this like this is what brought us out of Egypt. When God is very open about who he is, I am, he tells Moses from the very beginning, but we'll get to that stuff later. When Moses comes down off the mountaintop, he's filled with righteous anger at this point, and he takes the two stone tablets and he casts them down and destroys the golden calf. Those who worshiped it are swallowed up into the earth, and God's anger burns against the the Israelites. A plague breaks out amongst the people until God's wrath is fulfilled. When the Israelites moved place to place on their journey from Egypt to the promised land, his presence was supposed to be in the center. And when they settled down for the night or for however long, his physical presence was supposed to remain in a tent in the center. A group of people would be here, a group of people would be there, settling all around. It would be both symbolic and literal that God's presence was in their midst. If we look here in Exodus 33, it happens right after they worship the golden calf, right after the plague breaks out. And Moses and God say... We're good here. We're not going to be with you people. You can, you're going to be away from us for now. Moses walks outside the tent, walks outside the community and puts up this tent of meeting. It's away, it's removed. God's presence is removed from the people. Their sin has separated them. When Moses goes and enters in, a pillar of cloud comes to represent God's very presence there with them. When the pillar of cloud comes down, the people worship. There is just widespread understanding that whatever they've been doing is wrong and they need to repent. The Lord speaks face to face with Moses there as a friend. There's a commonality. There's a a closeness there. And here we see when Moses leaves, Joshua stays. Here we have the story of two great leaders of Israel. If you've read this, this account in the beginning of the Bible, you'll see Moses is the great leader and he'll eventually hand it off through God to Joshua. Having one great leader is good, but if you can hand it to the next great leader, it's ideal. If you watch football at all, which I've, as you can tell from my, uh, website, the sports media company I work for designated report, I get to write about football and, um, I'm a huge football fanatic. That's, I mean, an understatement of the century, go Cowboys. But in the 80s to 90s, the 49ers had Joe Montana, and they were able to transition to Steve Young, one Hall of Famer to the next. In the 90s to 2000s, the Green Bay Packers were able to transition from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, one Hall of Famer to another. If you're a New England Patriots fan right now, you're probably very nervous about what's going to happen after Tom Brady, hoping Jared Stidham might be the guy. And if you're looking for a shameless plug, I just wrote why Aaron Rodgers should be the next quarterback in the New England Patriots, but that's neither here nor there. These two men, Moses and Joshua, could not come from any more different backgrounds. Both Israelites, but their lives were so vastly different. And yet they both meet here at one place. Let's start with Moses and this testimony of fire that this man lives by. See, throughout the Bible, fire has very specific significance as to what it means. First, it means the presence of God. We'll look in Acts two, when the Holy Spirit is sent by Jesus to come empower his church to reach people. They said it with there were flames on their heads, and it showed that the Holy Spirit and God's presence was with them. It also signifies refining. Zechariah 13.9, 1 Peter 1.7, Isaiah 48.10, Malachi 3.3. And there's actually quite a few more verses that speak about God refining us as if a refiner was purifying silver and gold. See, the most common way and the oldest way to refine metals is to heat it up incredibly hot. We're talking about 1,000 degrees Celsius or 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit, and you turn it from a solid, whether it's nuggets or flakes or bars, into a liquid. And what comes to the top is this dross, it's called. It's waste. It's the impurities. And with something metallic or non-human, you wipe it off the top, and what you're left with at the end of the process is something more pure than before. What goes in is not the same thing that comes out. It is a better product. It is refined. God's fire is also signifying his revelation. Moses sees that very clearly in the story of the burning bush. Moses has this moment where God says, I'm going to take you, and I'm going to bring you into my plan, and here's my plan. We're going to delve into that a little bit more shortly, but it also signifies judgment. The plagues that go on in Egypt and the judgment that we see with Noah in Genesis are mirrored in the end of Revelation, and God will fulfill a Noahic covenant. That's his his agreement with Noah in the end where he said, I will not destroy the earth with water, but with fire. And we'll see that later in Revelation. Moses's life is nothing but a testimony of fire. It's a testimony of trials and tribulations and difficulties from the moment he's in the womb. As an infant, you have a psychotic pharaoh who is ready to kill infants. A man rises up, the Bible says, who did not know Joseph or the great things he had done for Egypt, and he was worried that the Israelites would overthrow him. So he did what any sane, rational person would do, and that's kill infants. Please, obviously, you can tell my sarcasm in that. Moses is saved by his mother, put in a basket of reeds, sent down the Nile and praying that her son won't be eaten by hippos or crocodiles or the many other vicious animals that are in the most dangerous place in the world, and that's the Nile River Basin. Incredibly dangerous. Her prayers save her son as he wades right up to the pe- the palace of Pharaoh. Here, Moses is taken and raised as a phony. Here we have an Israelite in the court, the very family of Pharaoh. I mean, this child was meant to be killed. He was destined for death. And he's raised for 40 years as if he's better than somebody else. As if I'm not, I'm not working. I'm not putting my hand to that. I'm not making straw, or hay. I'm not making mud or clay. That's not me. Oh, but it is you, Mr. Moses. Moses' life sees him become a murderer. In fact, one day when he sees an Egyptian striking an Israelite, he is filled with unrighteous anger, maybe, and strikes down and kills an Egyptian. If you've ever seen NCIS or one of those crime documentaries on TV, or Moses would be a horrible episode to watch because it would last five minutes. Everybody knows that Moses has killed this man. And once he realizes that everybody knows, he runs. He deserts his responsibilities in the palace. He leaves his people, his true people, the Israelites, and he goes and hides on the backside of a mountain. And yet on the backside of the mountain, it didn't matter what he did. God decided to use him. Wherever you are today, whatever you're going through, whatever you've done, whatever's been done to you, whatever you've seen, God's still willing to use you if you'll allow him. God meets Moses at this burning bush, this place of his presence and his revelation said, you are going to be the one that I use to free the people of Israel me a phony a murderer a scoundrel a deserter a coward a stutterer me God equips him God helps him God brings someone by his side and Aaron he gives him his tools and a staff and he says this is my purpose for you His past didn't matter. And if you're there today and you say, I have a horrible past, Paul, it doesn't matter. A murderer, a man who killed Christians, wrote more books in the New Testament than anyone else. That was Saul and that is Paul. When Moses goes back to free the people of Israel, he frees them from the Egyptians. In the midst of all that, while he's doing something good, the people start to murmur. Oh, well, before Moses came here, we, didn't, we could use straw to make our, our, our brick and mortar. Oh, things were easier before Moses. And that's a sign throughout Moses' life. As he's doing things to help them, they murmur and complain. And maybe you've been in there in life where you're doing things with the right intentions. And people say, oh, well, he's just being selfish. Oh, well, she's just doing this for herself. Oh, she's just doing this for vainglory. Oh, he's, it's all about him. Moses is there. That's a testimony of fire, of tribulations, of trials. Some you bring on yourself. That's the reality of it. And some you don't. But praise God, it doesn't matter what your past looks like. Praise God, it doesn't even matter the struggles you're going through because God is so much greater than that. Moses' life is not easy, and yet Exodus thirty-three, eleven, we find him in the very presence of God. When he walks in, the people stand and are filled with worship for how great God is. He's praying, he's praising, he's glorifying Yahweh, the real God, not some fake golden calf. I ask you today, what's your life been like? Do you have a testimony of fire? Have you been through life's trials and tribulations? Do you have a testimony that involves drugs or abuse or addiction or pain or tears and fears, humiliation and shame? Moses' life involves many of those things and more, and maybe yours involves all those things and more and worse. And you know what I say today? You don't have to live with that anymore. The stuff that happened to you in the past is not to keep you down. It's so God can bring you out of the miry clay and put you on solid ground. When he died on the cross and rose again, he had victory over every bad thing, every curse of sin, every disease and sickness, and over eternal death and has brought you to eternal life. Let me tell you something. If your life is the most miserable life for 120 years here on earth, It is a small sandbar of time between two vast oceans of eternity and you won't regret praising God through it all. Praise God that he's brought you through trials of fire. Praise God that those things of the past that you've done or or maybe it's not your fault, things have been done to you. You're filled with shame because someone's hurt you. That's not on you anymore. When you give it to Jesus, you don't need that. Condemnation. The Holy Spirit brings conviction to bring you back to Jesus. The devil brings condemnation to drive you away from Jesus. Romans 8, one. Paul says very clearly to the church, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank God that's not you anymore. Your past may have been things that have happened, but that doesn't define who you are. Is your burden in life heavy? Do you feel weighed down and anchored? Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Thank God, praise God, that his grace, Charles Spurgeon, they called the Prince of Preachers, he would call it prevenient grace. Even before you were saved, he was protecting you from even worse things to happen. He saved you from death without Jesus so that you might find life in Jesus, both in this life and eternity. Romans 5.8 says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Even before you knew that you needed Jesus, he still cared, he still loved you, and he still reached out for you. That's worthy of praise. If you have a testimony, testimony of fire, it glorifies the grace of God, the free gift that he's given you. There's only one thing we can do. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. On the other side of the spectrum from Moses, we have Joshua and his testimony of ice. Now, in Scripture, you're not going to find many references at all to ice and what it is, but you will find references to the properties of ice. Ice preserves things. It extends, right, the shelf life of things. It, 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 it holds something for later. Joshua is born a slave. He doesn't have the luxury of Moses to live in Pharaoh's court and be raised with all the nice foods and the nice accoutrements, He follows Moses and Aaron and the rest of the people of Israel out of Egypt, and he is led into the desert, awaiting his chance to enter the promised land. When they get there, Moses decides, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send in 12 spies. You're going to tell us what the land looks like. You're going to tell us what it is. Is this the place God has promised, and can we go in? 12 spies go in, two men and 10 cowards come out. On their way out, 10 men come out and go, oh, I don't know, man. I mean, we're like grasshoppers in, in, their, in their presence. I, I, that's not us. They're giants. We're so small. What can we do? Two men, Caleb and Joshua, say, Yeah. This is an amazing land. It's the land flowing with milk and honey like God promised. And if you look at milk and honey, what they're signifying here is God's going to take care of us. A land of milk and a land before refrigeration. Milk goes bad very quickly in an arid climate. You have to use it or lose it. God's going to take care of us today. It's the land of milk, but it's also the land of honey. God's going to take care of us forever. You could have honey that's hundreds of years old. It doesn't spoil. It doesn't go bad. The promise of God to bring them to a land of milk and honey is he will always take care of them. And two men decide, we're going to believe in that promise. And ten men decide, listen, this ain't for us, man. This, nah. And they turn the whole congregation, they sour the whole congregation against God's promise. Because of that, Everyone has to turn away from the promised land and enter Sinai again, this desert area, and wait, and wait, and wait. An entire generation of Israelite adults who did not believe God, who were the ones who came out of Egypt and saw God's hand move, but didn't believe here, they have to die. All of them, except for two. Caleb... And faithful Joshua will enter the promised land and conquer the promised land because of the promises of God. When Moses dies, who takes over? Faithful Joshua. Listen, we know how ice and cold stuff and refrigeration is used today. And thank God for that. Thank God for freezers. I know during quarantine, uh, frozen pizzas, anybody, you know. Uh, Okay, for the healthier crowd. Broccoli florets. I like broccoli too, so no worries. For chicken, for beef, for ice cream, like cookies and cream that you eat at 8 a.m. because we're in quarantine and there's no rules anymore. Okay? Don't lie and say you don't do that. It's okay. I, I, I got you. No worries. Without that stuff, we'd have to buy our food and we'd have to use it immediately. And in fact, we wouldn't really be able to have the modern world that we have If you come from a large family, uh, me and three brothers growing up together, my parents would have to have these large orders of food from Costco, carts full of food, and you have to keep it. You can't cook it all in one day. First of all, it'd take you the whole day, and then then, then what? Could you imagine trying to feed me for a whole month? My poor parents, thank God. (laughs) Without it, you have to use it before it's the right time to use it that's what ice allows us to not have to be in that situation Uh, a good friend of mine once asked and i ask you today what if you're not being overlooked where you are what if you're not being passed over what if you're not wasting time what if you're being preserved what if you're being protected what if you're being hidden to be used at the right time so often people think oh i'm not this or i should have got that promotion or i should have been there if god's controlling your life and he's directing your steps you don't have to worry about what man does god is greater than that he'll put you at the right place at the right time i have a privilege back home and where i'm from in danbury connecticut i have several friends including my close friends jody and dj they asked me to dedicate their kids two sons now And my mom actually instilled this in me as a child and I pray this over them very specifically for divine timing. That you won't be at the wrong place at the wrong time but you'll be at the right place at the right time. A testimony of ice is a testimony of divine timing. You know, we hear these amazing testimonies, right? These testimonies of fire that God saved me from drugs. God saved me from being in gangs, the depths of despair. And some of us choose to rob ourselves of joy because we compare ourselves to others. I've heard people say, I don't have a good testimony. It's nothing like that. I didn't go through what he went through, or, or she's been through far worse than me. I, ha- I have no testimony. People will say, I have no testimony. And let me tell you something. Nothing could be further th- from the truth. Nothing could be a greater lie from the devil is that you don't have a testimony because you didn't go through some of those things. We put on this garment of testimony shaming, and then people who give these, these testimonies of what God's brought them out of, they don't do it on purpose. They don't mean to shame people into being silent. They tell of the great things God has done, and that's what we should do, like we said before, in a testimony of fire. But a testimony of ice, some people think, well, that's just that's boring, and nothing happened. Listen, as a graduate from North Point Bible College, I've met some amazing people, people who God has brought out of being prostitutes. We've seen people who were drug users, who were drug sellers, who were gang leaders, and in our own church, we have our good friend Jesus, who was very much involved in Latin Kings. And all of them, without fail, will tell you the exact same thing. I wish nobody had to go through the same thing I went through. You look at Jesus with leaving the streets ministry here in Haverhill and the amazing things he does. He tries to make sure that there aren't more people with his testimony. That instead of wandering in the desert for 40 years, they accept the promises of God and the offer of grace and mercy from God and walk in that daily. Praise God that in His infinite wisdom and mercy, you were kept from the trials and fires of life. If you were raised with two parents, what a blessing. Two parents who weren't divorced, what a blessing. If you've done well in life, what a blessing. Listen, if you're from America, and I'm not talking about like America's perfect, I'm talking about you have running water. There's no civil war going on. You're not a refugee like our good friend Thierry who had to leave his country because people are trying to kill him. Thank God. Lamentations 3.23 says, His mercies are new every morning. That's not stale. That's not a boring life. That's not no testimony. Every day is a testimony. Every day we thank God it'll go through that. And we should pray for our brothers and sisters who do go through that, but thank God that we don't. A testimony of ice is worthy of... God is so so worthy of our praise because we haven't gone through that his mercy has held back things which could have come our way but didn't. Thank God all we can do is say thank you Jesus you're so worthy your mercy is so great that I could have been in one of those horrible situations but you've blessed me here. His mercies Jeremiah said are new every morning that is fresh that is real that is something you can praise God for every single day. Stand boldly and talk about your testimony of ice. So we have a testimony of fire in Moses and we have a testimony of ice in Joshua. And both of their lives intersect at this one place, the tent of meeting, the place where they worship God. Moses goes in and meets God face-to-face. Moses goes in and talks with God and communes with God and intercedes for the people and praises God. And when he leaves, Joshua's still there. He's not going anywhere. He didn't even have any idea what he was being prepared for. He's just worshiping God. Maybe you think I'm hidden, but it's on purpose. I think sometimes God doesn't show us the fullness of the things we're going to walk into because we can't handle it. We'd be too scared. We might even be like the Israelites and be like, no, no, that promise is not for me. Maybe you've received a vision or a glimpse of things that are to come. And I would tell you today, if you have, hold on to that promise. Be the man or woman you're supposed to be. Be this Joshua who will not leave the presence of God and let God take care of the rest. You don't have to make God move. You don't have to tell God this is the way you're going to do it. I stopped praying those prayers a long time ago. God, you have to do it this way. Enough with that. He is so much greater and so much more creative than I am. You want to talk about NFL draft trades? I can think of like trade a first and a fourth for this guy. But when we're talking about real life situations and things that God can do that I cannot do, he is limitless and infinite in his power and glory and majesty. He can do anything. If you need something, if you need protection, provision, something today, cling to Jesus. He'll take care of you. He'll give you a testimony of fire and a testimony of ice. What we do with those testimonies can only be one thing. It's praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Jesus, that you saved us. You brought us out of the depths of life and you saved us. Thank you, Jesus, that you, that you prepared a place for us that we would be safe from the difficulties of life, that we don't go through that. Listen, praising and worshiping Jesus, exalting Jesus, we can do in two ways. Number one is in song. Singing, dancing before God in joy, like that's, that's natural. That's a natural human reaction. If you're looking for some good songs, this is what I'm listening to these days. It's Refiner by Maverick City. Phenomenal. Uh, Graves into Gardens by Elevation Worship is incredible. Yes and Amen by House Fires. Living Hope by Phil Wickham. They're songs. they, they They not only lift up Jesus, but they, in fact, teach us about who God is and how amazing he is. And we pour that out to God, and, in fact, we lift up our own spirits by doing it. A part of worship, the other part of worship, is action. Gratitude is best spoken softly, but lived loudly. Someone can say they're very grateful, they're very, they're very happy for something that you've done, and then if they go out and they contradict those words with something else, so your nonverbal communication speaks louder than your verbal communication. If they contradict what they said, you'd be like, that person is not grateful. But if someone says, thank you so much, I'm so grateful, and then they go act like it, that's gratitude. Gratitude you'll understand the sense of, wow, that person really is grateful. And don't we have things to be grateful for? Praise God in your words, in your worship, and your praise, and your song singing to him. Praise him throughout the day. Thank him for the magic, the majestic things he does and his glory and live it. Our testimony, a testimony is a statement of truth. It it comes from the court of law, right? It's evidence, and our lives should be evidence. Our testimony of fire, our testimony of ice is an evidence of what God has done. His victory over sin and death is evident to others of how amazing he is. Matthew 23, 37 some of the disciples were telling about how great God was. And they were pulled in, and they were threatened. They said, the Pharisees, the religious rulers of the time, said, you don't talk about this Jesus anymore around here. or bad things are going to start to happen to you. And you know what they say? Their response is, we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. No matter what, their lives have changed man. You look at the two men who say this. I mean, just look at look at the life of Peter and the, the, the trials he has to go through. The torture, he's hung upside down by tradition. And then you look at John, who is preserved and kept. And even though people are out there trying to kill him and trying to make a mockery of God in front of all of Rome, God keeps him. God lets him stay to the last. To so even write a book of revelation about what's to come another testimony of fire and testimony of ice live your testimony out by honoring god in all you do in word and in deed jesus said this very clearly in matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. it says love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and all your mind Today, no matter where you are, no matter what you've been through, the good, the bad, and the ugly, whether you've been here with a testimony of fire, here with a testimony of ice, or somewhere in between, our natural reaction has to be praise God. And that's what I want to encourage you to do today and find time this week. Thank God for whatever you've been brought through, whatever you've been preserved from. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Worship you, Jesus. You're so great. You're so magnificent. You're above all things. Listen, this physical life, it can be amazing. And there can be times that are awful. This week, in this past week or so, we've lost our good friend, Stan Chris, who went home to be with the Lord. And this last week, I lost a childhood friend of mine, Jonathan, who went home to be with the Lord, both from coronavirus Praise God that their death is not in vain. Praise God that because of what Jesus did on the cross, they are in his presence right now. And one day, no matter what, whether it's a rapture where God takes us out or it's death where our body fails, we will be with Jesus. And we will thank him and sing this great collage of so many stories, of testimonies, of what God's done. What's yours? Can we hear it? Can we see it? I challenge you this week, let us hear it. Let us see it by what you say, what you do, and how you act. We're going to pray in just a minute here that God would give you just a recollection of things that he's brought you out of and, and brought you through and kept you from. But I want to take a step back before we end, away from the tent. And another step back to the community. Moses took this tent and very clearly made it away from the people because of their sin. Today, if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Savior, you're like the people. You're not with Him. You're not connected. You're separated. That's what sin does. It's best known as a separation between two things, between you and God. You have no testimony of fire. You have no testimony of ice. The bad things that happen to you are just bad things that happen to you. The things you're preserved from, the great things that happen this life, end in death. And there's no one to thank. There's nothing to thank. Because like we said before, it's so small in light of the infinity of eternity. It doesn't mean anything. Today I want to implore you. I want to tell you, I want to beg you, please accept Jesus as your savior. Accept that what he did on the cross paid for your sins. And it, you know, it doesn't have to be some elaborate thing. Have you lied today? Have you taken something that's not yours? If you've broken one of the 10 commandments, a simple one, if you dishonored your mother and father, then yes, you're guilty. Guilty. Uh, uh, we're all guilty. But you don't have to stay guilty. Moses didn't stay guilty because of what he did. He accepted that someone paid the price for him. And today, I tell you, Jesus paid the price for you. When you accept what Jesus did in your place, it's as if you switch places. You don't have to pay the price for sin anymore. It's all done. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's all done. It's over with. It's done. It's paid for. We're going to pray in just a second. I hope you'll repeat the words after me. But it's not just magical words that you say that get you into heaven. It's that you believe in your heart. Say the words, yes, but believe that Jesus died in your place. He was that sacrificial lamb that died so that you might live. And then the bad things that have happened to you, the stuff that you've done, turns into a testimony of fire. And the things you've been protected from and the blessings you've been given really do become your testimony of ice. If you're a Christian, if you're a brother and sister in the Lord and you've already accepted Jesus, won't you follow with me and join with me as a, as a token of belief that there are people who are coming to Jesus today? Thank God. Thank, thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus paid the price for you on the cross, and thank God he did. We're not left alone. We are not left alone in this life. Things can seem very dreary. Things can seem very down and hopeless right now with everything that's going on. Jesus is our blessed hope. He has victory over it all, and no matter what happens, you can be with him forever in heaven, and you can assure that today. We're going to pray together. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes, whatever you do, home, it doesn't matter. Just join me in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you that you love me. I accept your free gift and you are my savior and you are my king. I will live for you until I see you face to face. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today for the first time or if you meant it for the first time, the Bible says all of heaven is rejoicing that you've entered your name into the book of life. And today, if you already have that prayer deep in your soul, thank God, Who thank God, your testimony will glorify Jesus forever. It's a sweet-smelling aroma to Jesus. Thank God. This week, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, find a way to praise God through your words. Find a way to praise God through your actions. We will see things change because we do this. We will see others change, and we'll see ourselves lifted up. Amen? Whew, man, God is good today. God is good. That's all we have here today for our sermon, but I do want to remind you of a couple things. At 1 p.m. today, We have our kids' church lesson coming out that will be online, a New Life haverel. Many of us will be sharing it. That's specifically for kids, but if you're an adult and you want to watch too, please feel free. Tonight at 6, we'll be joining us in prayer again live here. Uh, Join us at that tent of meeting. Join us at that place of prayer where we can come to God and entreat him and and ask him for things, and he'll answer your prayers. At 7 o'clock, we do our Bible bedtime stories That'll be Dulce and I. We share that on our Facebook pages. We read a bedtime story for your kids and adults are welcome to as we learn more about God in a fun way. And at 730 tonight, we do have youth group on a Zoom call. If you want that information for kids 7th grade through 12th grade, please feel free to let us know. Reach out to us. We'll get you that information. Wow, thank you so much for listening, for taking a part. We miss you dearly. I'm an extra, extra extrovert, so not being with people is difficult. So I'll take what I can get here. But until we meet each other again, thank you. God bless you, and we'll see you soon. Take care, everybody.